0: On dope? It's perfect!
1: Shh, 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 Do you hear that? It's the winds of change. Hello, Renegade Nation. This is Everly Isby. I'm connecting the dots right here on Renegade Talk Radio. This is April 5th, 2017. And I just... Listening to the Trump administration, who's blaming Assad for the chemical attack yesterday. And I have to say, knowing what has been going on since the inception of this fake civil war in Syria, with the express U.S. and its allied agenda of ousting the overwhelmingly popular President Bashar al Assad to install a puppet favorable to Western interests and Israel, that this is just an escalation of lies upon lies. Yes. The now U.S.-backed Syrian defense forces have been fighting to oust ISIS and other militant strongholds in the Idlib region of Syria. The so-called white helmets? (laughs) I've seen pictures of the neutral white helmets gloating with machine guns, standing on the dead bodies of civilians in, in Syria. These are the ones that reported that the Syrian Air Force's warplane allegedly used the chemical agent Sarin against civilians in the village of Khan Shaykhun in the province of Idlib. According to pro-militant outlets, the attack took place during a series of airstrikes in the area. The Syrian Defense Ministry denied the usage of the chemical agent in the area. Later, the Russian Defense Ministry reported that the Syrian Air Force's airstrike destroyed a warehouse where an ammunition dump containing chemical weapons was being produced by militants, in other words, ISIS and their affiliated factions. The warehouse was reportedly used to produce and store shells containing toxic gas. Well, that's not Assad's fault. And what is so disgusting to me as the Trump administration is going full-fledged war hawk is that it's always Assad's evil doings or Russia's evil doings, ironically repeating the rhetoric they came out of the Obama administration and Shrubb Jr. before him. But under the Trump administration's watch, very recently, is the fact that U.S. airstrikes are guilty of killing over 200 Iraqi civilians in one day of a residential area in Iraq which was sheltering these civilians. But we never do anything wrong. And no one is blaming Trump for the strategies of the military under his command, and the mainstream media is also being very quiet about it as well. No, we don't do anything wrong. You know, I am fed up to hear with all the lies being vomited by the federal government and the complicit mainstream media. You know, you tell lies big enough, Long enough and often enough, people start losing their critical thinking skills if they have them in the first place, and gullibly accept these over-the-top lies as truth. The other hypocritical aspect that one must also keep in mind is that all of the terrorist Factions. We are supposedly trying to eradicate our creations of the CIA, MI6, and of course the German DVD infiltrations into these agencies, as I told you in the last show. They fund, train, and advise them and utilize them, period. This is to allow for war to continuously continue endlessly for the profits, political agendas, and fuckery of the system, the corporatocracy of Western imperialism. And with the ever-increasing pounding of the current administration's war drums against Syria, by implication, is setting the stage for inflaming further tensions with Syria's allies, Russia and China. Where do you think that leads, renegade nation? All the more reason to listen to the rest of this show, which is dedicated to Anavon Von Rights and what has been going down through tireless efforts that now seem to have reached fruition. But it takes the people to be aware of it to give it the teeth that can disembowel this monstrosity, this thing in D.C., which has clearly lost its marbles. I'm going to take a quick break here and I'm going to come back with my real show. I just had to get that off my chest. This is Everly Isby. I'll be right back.
0: We don't sugarcoat shit. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio.
1: Hello again, Renegade Nation. This is Everly Isby. And I'm coming now into what my real show is about. Like I said, I just had to get that off my chest. I'm so P.O.'d over what's going on in D.C. Oh my God. <sighs> and this might be a bit of an intense show, so I wanna give you a heads up and put ask you to put your thinking caps on, because this is important for everyone to know and understand. In my last show, I explained the great fraud behind the birth certificate scam, And this is going to expand on that. If you didn't watch my last show, you might want to check it out. Everyone needs to understand the fraud that has been perpetrated on each one of us. This is good news for once, and as I'm constantly saying, because how else can you describe what's happening these days except that all is in chaos on so many levels you can't even cover it all. Not intelligently, anyway. But the chaos is the result of major shifts and changes, along with... uh, a lot of baloney that is coming to the surface, but, but there are shifts and changes coming which may indeed be for the better. And the signs are pointing to the extraordinary. I'm going to read from some recent disclosures by Anna Von Reitz here, very recent. Uh, and if you've been listening to my show, you know exactly who I'm talking about. I'm starting with a short history of America just before the Revolutionary War that had never been described to me in school while growing up, or probably to most of you listening out there. This is just the starting point of where I'm taking you in this show. Anna says, What do you know, or should you know, about the 13 colonies? First, they were all very different, not just in location, but in derivation. Some of the colonies were established by England... New England and Virginia, for example, and were funded in the early days by British investment companies (New England Company, Virginia Company, etc). Others were founded by other European monarchies and their investment companies (New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Maryland, for example) were not founded or financed by England. Catholic Delaware and Maryland stood cheek and jowl with Protestant Virginia Colony. They should give everyone a clue that when the American colonies stood up together and acted as one accord, as Americans, it was not as the popular historians would have you believe, a matter of a united America standing against the British. It was a matter of colonies of various European nations breaking away from the domination of Europe and, in the case of Maryland and Delaware, breaking away from the control of the Pope. Nothing like it had ever been seen in the history of the world. No colony had ever broken free of the grip of the sponsoring nation. And here you had 13 of them, all going for broke and repudiating the claims of the assorted European monarchies and the Pope together at once. As such, the American Revolution was a revolution of thought, a new idea, and that idea was that men have the right of free will and self-determination given them by their creator. And no man, no monarch, no pope, has the right to dictate another's conscience, lay claim to his body, or his land, or his assets, or otherwise inflict taxes and injuries, or require payments for services rendered without his consent. It wasn't just the King of England being given a send-up. It was the King of France, the King of the Netherlands, the King of Denmark, the King of Spain, all the European monarchs and the Pope being given their walking papers. So now you have some key information that's been missing, perhaps, from your education on these subjects. Unquote. Okay, Renegade Nation. Now, have you ever heard the history leading up to the revolution described in that way? I haven't. The reason I read that is to show how extraordinary the founding of this country was and how for so many generations the whole world looked to the United States of America as a beacon of hope and the many millions over generations that immigrated here in the quest for their own personal freedom. The foundational aspects of this country from the Declaration of Independence, the preamble to the Constitution and the Bill of Rights had not been accomplished anywhere else over thousands of years of predated history. Is it any wonder that from the get-go, the established elites in their various forms, from controlling families, the monarchies, the popes, and the international banksters would continually try to undermine this country? Well, they certainly did, didn't they? The truth of that has been staring us in the face for a very long time. But major changes are in the winds, my friends. And here's a mirror for today. This is a quote from the opening of the movie, Saving Mr. Banks, that I watched just the other night, and which, if you haven't seen it, it's about the making of the Disney film Mary Poppins. And this quote must come from the much-loved book that had inspired Disney to create what became one of the most famous classic films of all time. Here's the quote. Winds in the east, mist coming in. Like something is brewing, about to begin. Can't put my finger on what lies in store, But I feel what's to happen, all happened before. In many shows, you know, I've talked about Anna Von Wright's, and I've basically implored anyone listening to buy the e-book for about three bucks, uh, or the book book and it's called you know there's a problem when an american affidavit of probable cause by anna maria reitzinger and james clinton belcher i've also recommended that you go to the archives at AnnavonRights.com to purchase the book and after reading it to explore the archives of anna's writings to round out your understanding of just what they are doing it has been waking up people to true history and also the efforts by Anna, her husband, and an ever-growing number of people who are not only spreading the word to educate us to the real realities of what government is, but also the very foundational aspects of this predatory system that has enslaved humanity and threatens to destroy the planet. Anna, as a figurehead of the many who have toiled to bring this information forward, has been working tirelessly to bring this system to account and halted in its tracks. And it looks renegade nation like these efforts are coming to fruition now. The behind the scenes workings that most people are oblivious to. I know these things are in the works because I've been following this closely over the years and educating myself into it. But before I go there, I'm gonna take a quick break. This is Everly, I'll be right back. I was in chronic pain and my family struggling to make ends meet, food and gas prices going up, Even keeping my job was iffy. Then I learned about a new miracle drug made in Washington, D.C. Spend it all. Spend it all is Washington's answer to all the painful problems Americans face. How to borrow $800 billion for a stimulus that didn't create jobs or fix the economy? Spend it all.
0: Spend It All is not for everyone. Side effects may include a mountain of government debt piled on our kids, a sudden loss of freedoms, higher prices for everything, leaving our kids a lesser America than we had. Ask your doctor or congressman if your conscience is strong enough for Spend It All.
1: And it's so popular in Washington, we have to borrow. I mean, import trillions more of it from China. Spend It All makes you feel better now and pushes off the really bad stuff till later for them to deal with.
0: Call the White House and Congress. Tell them, stop spending it all.
1: Hello again. This is Everly. Okay. Now I'm going to talk about some extraordinary things that are happening. Uh, But before I do that, I'm going to give you a quick sum up that has led us to today. Today so that the big picture is in place. And I'll remind you of my last show when I explained the birth certificate fraud, the identity theft of your given name while you're still in the cradle, which is your intellectual property. And then they changed your name from the initial caps, your first, middle, and last name, to an all caps version of your name to create a legal fiction entity for their self-interested purposes and change your birthright political status from an American national on-the-land jurisdiction to the demoted United States citizen status in the international jurisdiction of the sea without your knowledge or consent. This was done to enforce taxes on you, which you don't owe, to have jurisdiction over you to enforce fines, fees, penalties, licenses, registrations, all of which you never owed, And last but not least, to gain access to all of your assets as well. A grossly enriching money game created by the greedy, power-hungry, self-interested few. Today I'll expand more on that from Anna. This is what she just released. I'll read it directly. And as I'm reading, I will intersperse commentary here and there to assist in understanding of what she's saying. This might be new to some of you. And once again, listen closely with your thinking caps on, please. This is a quick sum up by Anna of just what has been going on behind our backs. I'm quoting now. In March of 1933, a bank operative elected as president... Franklin Delano Roosevelt, FDR, or should I say Roosevelt, uh, anyway, he declared the United States of America incorporated insolvent, a process of debt assumption expedited by the use of similar names fraud, was instituted as a means to seize assets and bankrupt millions of Americans and their states of the union. Okay. Okay. Now, the similarly names fraud is done to your own name through the birth certificate, but also the names of the counties and the state governments, which became incorporated as franchises to the federal, which took them off the land jurisdiction, and therefore checks and balances went away, and into the jurisdiction of the sea, in order to utilize the assets of absolutely everyone and everything to pay for the United States of America Incorporated's debts. Everything and everyone became surety the bankruptcy. In November of 1999, this bankruptcy ended. The United States of America Incorporated emerged from bankruptcy the same way you might. You know, battered and worn and clipped clean, sporting a bad credit rating, but still alive. Even though, The US's enemies had gratuitously vacated its public offices and shanghaied its people into foreign jurisdictions. Okay, now, when Anna said vacated its public offices, she's referring to the fact that all elected and appointed officials are no longer serving in public offices that are designed to serve the people and their counties and states. They instead have been incorporated into private, foreign-owned corporations. They take their oath to a corporate constitution that was written in 1933, not the original. So all elected officials in government sit in private offices in service to the corporations, which they're bound to uh, and swear to uh, work in its interests, not legitimate public office. Okay, back to Anna here. In March 2009, the purported successor to the United States of America Incorporated, and this is right after, remember, the 2008 economic crash, right? Okay, the purported successor to the United States of America Incorporated, another governmental services corporation, doing business as, all capital letters, United States Incorporated, declared itself insolvent. But amazingly the banks continued to loan it vast amounts of money even after it declared insolvency. This was done to, one, create insurmountable debt to force liquidation, not just bankruptcy. And the all caps, United States, and all its sureties. that's you, me, the states, the counties, the land, all the resources, including the state and the county and you, uh, so insurmountable debt that we are forced to pay. And then too to give the banks an excuse. Now, this is, this is really something. This was giving the banks an excuse to claim virtually all private property in America without paying much more than the administrative cost of doing so. The banks had cause to know they were lending money to a bankrupt entity. They also had cause to know that more than $20 trillion has been embezzled out of this country. That's the credit side of the national debt. Now, there's an aha moment, which reminds me, I just read an article that the Pentagon is somehow missing a total of $10 trillion as well. They just don't know where it went. <laughs> right! Okay, back to Anna. Faced with this reality, I complained to the head of this whole corporate shooting match, Pope Benedict Sixteenth. And his response? Nobody told me. (laughs) He promptly retired from his office as Roman Pontiff and handed the heavy lifting to Franciscus. Do you remember that, Renegade Nation? Back in 2014, I remember it clearly because no Pope had resigned in like 400 years. I was just becoming aware of the role of the Vatican in world affairs at that time. How Roman Curia law is supreme over all law forms internationally. It holds the charters of all corporations and is the copyright owner of the Uniform Commercial Code, which is the uh, rule book internationally of all commerce and equity, among other things. Most people don't know these important facts. Okay, so back to Anna and the lawful actions that began after the hearing before the Pope by Anna and others, the subsequent retirement of the Pope Benedict and Pope Francis' arrival on the scene. This is where they play the rules of the game back on them. This is where the banks were about to foreclose on all the assets of America and its people to illegally steal it all through false claims. Uh, and it started with the filing uh, for Anna on Anna's end. It started with the filing of what's in her book, And it's the American affidavit of probable cause and other official notices and filings that came afterwards. And Anna writes, So I claimed back my property and good name and claimed all the 50 states owed to the United States of America Incorporated and put the entire country back on the game board. Then I rolled the entire thing back into the flagship, the small U, United States of America Trading Company. And by the way, as I said before, the States of America is the true name of this country. Uh, United States of America. United is always spelled with a small u as an adjective. It describes the union of the states, the United States of America. So when you have a capital U, that is describing a corporation. Okay, I just want you to understand that difference. So back to Anna. She goes, then... I followed up, and in the name of Jesus, the Nazarene, acting as his fiduciary, I placed his credit on the books of the Vatican Chancery Court, which is the bank for the Holy See and the highest equity court on earth. Mr. Obama is meeting with Pope Francis this coming April 15th. It doesn't take rocket science to figure out the topic of conversation. Mr. O'Bummer and his mostly British pals will be asking the Roman pontiff to find in their favor and commandeer the United States of America Incorporated once again so that their fraud game and false claims can continue. The Roman pontiff no longer has a say, Unquote. Okay, I'm going to stop reading here and sum up in my own words. Long story short. The actions taken by Anna and the others standing with her through that original filing of the Affidavit of Probable Cause, which is included in her book, started the ball rolling because it laid out all of the fraud, semantic deceit through non-disclosure and non-transparency, the use of similar names to create legal fiction entities that sounded like the same thing but wasn't, so nobody knew what was going on. The act of doing all of these unlawful and illegal deeds behind our backs in order for various self-interests globally to destroy this country and the Western world in general and take ownership themselves. These actions by Anna and others halted them in their tracks. Every time the perpetrators tried to pull a fast one and start the casino operation again, Anna was able to quash every attempt and now the United States of America and the land jurisdiction and the American people have their country back and out of the control of the Vatican, the various monarchs of Europe, especially Britain, the banksters, and colluding lawyers of the bar guilds, and the treasonous politicians who enabled it along the way. Well, they're shit out of luck, and they're facing a day of reckoning. And I'm going to connect one other dot here before I take a break. I'm going to play you a short clip, just about two minutes, from a speech President Trump gave in Tennessee recently in front of the Hermitage, which was built on the land of the late President Andrew Jackson. Uh, Trump talked about Andrew Jackson's life in this speech and what a great general and president he had been for a wide variety of reasons. You can listen to all of it yourself if you're interested. It's in my links. And I would say that Trump is saying a lot here and alludes to the similar fight he is waging against the establishment that Andrew Jackson also had to fight. But while Trump doesn't say this outright, Andrew Jackson, while president, denied and fought against the international banksters, along with some turncoats on American soil working in collusion to establish the first central bank in America. One of the main reasons we fought the Revolutionary War in the first place was to get away from the banking system of Europe. And he was successful in getting this central bank shut down, although it included uh, a duel um, that he actually fought and wounded the guy, and uh, wounded him, I should say. Uh, Jackson was wounded in this duel, but he killed the guy who came against him. While also, this happened while he was in office as president, (laughs) those were the days, huh? (laughs) But I do believe Trump is alluding to something here. This is, this clip, is in the middle of his speech, and he's talking about, uh, actually, Jackson. That's who he's referring to. So here we go. And
0: finally, as president, when he reclaimed the people's government from an emerging aristocracy, Jackson's victory shook the establishment like an earthquake. Henry Clay, Secretary of State for the defeated President John Quincy Adams, Called Jackson's victory, mortifying and sickening. Oh, boy, does this sound familiar. Have we heard this? This is terrible. He said there had been no greater calamity in the nation's history. The political class in Washington had good reason to fear Jackson's great triumph. The rich and powerful, Jackson said, too often bend the acts of government to their selfish purposes. Jackson warned they had turned government into an engine for the support of the few at the expense of the many. Andrew Jackson was the people's president and his election came at a time when the vote was finally being extended to those who did not own property. To clean out the bureaucracy, Jackson removed 10% of the federal workforce. He launched a campaign to sweep out government corruption. Totally. He didn't want government corruption. He expanded benefits for veterans. He battled the centralized financial power that brought influence at our citizens' expense. He imposed tariffs on foreign countries to protect American workers. That sounds
1: right for me. Wait wait you see what's going to be happening pretty soon, folks. It's time. It's time. Okay, so um, that is. I'm trying to get. I'm switching things back now. Okay, I think Trump is alluding to much more than he's able to say right now, um, and I'm really not sure. There's a lot of ironies with Trump's presidency. Uh, he says one thing and then he's done, doing some other stuff that just doesn't make sense to me like this whole thing that's happening in Syria right now doesn't make sense I don't know who's, who is advisors or who's controlling certain things that are going on I suppose that's true of every presidency they say certain things but then they're not allowed to do certain things I don't know hard to say but what's really going on behind the scenes is playing out very differently than what the media is conveying there is chaos sure But a high percentage of those in the halls of power in D.C. are where most of this chaos is happening. Everyone is flying around with their hair on fire, saying the most preposterous things, outright lies, to try to stop the inevitable. And that is an entire restructuring of how government functions. The casino game is coming to an end. That's my call. That's speculation on my part, but I think we have to take into account what Anna Von Reitz had done. I'm going to take a break here. When I come back, I'll expand just a little bit more on Anna's explanation of what her work has led to. She is once again summing up the what, where, when, and how of her actions. It explains in a bit more depth of how her actions have had such an impact on where the ship of this country is headed. And this is the good news, Renegade Nation. Be right back. What are you people?
0: On dope? It's perfect!
1: you hear that? It's the winds of change. Okay, this is Everly Isby. I'm back. And I hope you're finding this information interesting. It should, if you care about the quality of life on this planet, and including, the, including your own quality of life. Anna starts off uh, by shedding light on how things work at the top levels of power and how it's played, the rules of the game. Excuse me. And I'd like to clarify something here for those listening who reject religion. uh, What is being done here is religious only in that all of the systems of law come from the morality of religion, specifically the Roman cult, the Vatican. No two ways about it. This is so. And this is the system of control that Anna is addressing. So I'm quoting from her now. And she says, Yes, I have a blood oath standing on the altar of the Universal Catholic Church. Please note that the Universal Catholic Church is not the Roman Catholic Church, but the far, far greater church at large. My blood oath clearly states to you, as it did to Cardinal George of Chicago, And she says, see the actual letter addressed to him that's in her archives at AnnaVonWrights.com. That I was putting my life and soul at risk to bring forward the great fraud against the American states and people for remedy. In fact, under ecclesiastical court rules, nobody who isn't prepared to hazard their own life and soul against me in this matter is allowed to offer rebuttal. And nobody has. Not a peep in rebuttal or denial of what I have said about the cheating and defrauding and press ganging and breach of trust against the American states and people has ever been heard in the years since I placed my blood oath before the Vatican Chancery Court and the Holy See. And I'm sure that no such denial or rebuttal will ever be made because what I have said is true and verifiable. And now when it comes to these filings, she did them through the Uniform Commercial Code uh, financial s- Financing Statements, uh, UCC1, I think it is. Um, and when you place all your evidence and facts in this filing, there's a time period where people who are involved in the, these claims have the chance to rebuttal, at, to, re- to deny or, or prove up evidence that proves otherwise. And if after that time has expired, whatever is in those, that claim, those, the affidavits, whatever, stands as truth in law. Okay. So, going back to Anna here. She says, Anyone who tried to come against me would lose not only the argument, but would burn in eternal hell, according to Catholic doctrine, for placing my life and soul at risk for the sake of a self-interested lie. It's like playing poker When the bid is insurmountably high, nobody takes it. And I place the bid insurmountably high for the sake of the truth and my country and my countrymen and my true Lord Jesus, who is not dead and not a dead body either. The Bible teaches that the soul is in the blood. So when you seal testimony in blood, it is sealing the truth of it with your soul. When you seal testimony in blood before the highest ecclesiastical and equity court in the world, and you bring charges against the Roman pontiffs and British monarchs for fraud, theft, and breach of trust and commercial contract for the last 150 years, you had better believe that you have to post a bond backing your testimony in the most absolute and unequivocal terms possible, a blood oath. I knowingly, willingly hazarded my life and eternal soul as punishment for any willful lie. But I also called the cardinal's pontiffs and monarchs on the carpet under the same risk. The fact that not one of them has offered as much as a whisper ever in rebuttal tells you that what I have said is true and that my judgment in the matter stands as the law, binding upon the court, the Holy See, and their property managers at the Vatican, and also upon their vassal lords. They quite literally have nothing to say and therefore have to accept my decisions and pay whatever remedy I demand. Okay, I'm going to stop reading now. But once again, long story short, Anna went on to describe the laws that we have lived under came from the Old Testament, the doctrine of scarcity. Doesn't that sound familiar? That everyone is guilty and that there is never enough of any good thing. As a result, all commercial economies were reduced to being run on a premise of eternal debt and indebtedness. One could only pay one's debts with more debts, sins with more sins, conflicts with more conflicts, until physical death released us from this hellhole that Satan and his servants made of it. Once again, what we have in the Western world with the central banking system is a system of debt. We just pass our money around, creating more debt as we go. This was all created by the laws established from religion, and specifically to the power of the Vatican's Roman Curia laws, which are superior over all other laws. A fraud scheme so grand, it blows the mind. (sighs) But Anna goes on to say that the actions that have been taken by her and the others working with her have enforced the entire system to the image of Jesus and based on the doctrine of abundance, wherein every but every being is deemed innocent and there is enough for all things for men to live in peace and in the enjoyment of their own homes and where there is no such thing as debt held against us. Instead, there will be credit afforded us. More than enough to fulfill the needs of every man, woman, and child. More than enough to build each community, clean up the environmental damage, and ensure that there is no longer any need for war, or hunger, or want, or disease, or death, or crying. Those are her words. The entire debt-based system is being reversed. Unquote. Now, this is heady stuff, I grant you, and probably seems impossible to many of you listening. But the reality is the system we've been living under is unsustainable. We all know it and many people around the world have been insisting on change that we must evolve out of this enslavement system. On one level, the actions taken by Anna and the others with her is part of that change. In closing, Renegade Nation, my friends, many people are affecting change on many levels and everyone is talking about something coming an event and it has to do with a rise in consciousness no matter how one looks at this stuff whether you believe it or not is not important but science is showing us that our planet our solar system and beyond is showing major shifts and changes as well and it ain't global warming or even climate change it's much much bigger Its energetic and frequency changes. People are shedding their attachment to authority and the paradigms of control that no longer serve us, and which are obviously working against humanity and the planet. I've talked about the Luciferian occult system, the pedophilia, the self interest that have no empathy, that have been ruling this planet. We live in the third dimension, this reality, and it's based on dualism. The illusion, actually, is based on dualism. There's only up, down, in, out, good, bad, love, hate, just the opposites. But there is more than the third dimension, and our consciousness experiences these these dimensions every moment, whether we're conscious of it or not. Science proves that as well. And so I've put up a video in my links uh, I don't have time to really talk into it. Um, it's the best I've ever watched in regards to this subject. It's also easily understandable the way she explains it. Her name is Aurora. Uh, in my links, it's just part one of a series of videos which you'll easily found find uh, if you find it as thought-provoking and informative as I did. Um, it's not based on spirituality per se, but more in a scientific explanation to describe what is coming and why. I wholly recommend it. It's just one hour. And like I said, I've never heard uh, the description as easily understandable as anything I've read or watched before. It took my understanding to a new level on the nature of energy, the Toric fields, and how everything in the universe works and manifests dimensionally. It's a big, wa- big wow, man. <laughs> Check it out. Okay, this is Everly Esby, Connecting the Dots. I hope you found this show interesting because uh, uh, it's important to me. And I hope you find it to be important to you as well. Uh, It's time for changes. And if we want change, we have to be the change we want to see, right? That old saying. Anyway, thanks for listening, Renegade Nation. And I will be back very soon. Bye-bye.